Warning, we are a spoilers podcast. At times, we are also an offensive podcast. And we are most certainly a verbally explicit podcast. So if you fear for any of your delicate sensibilities, please back up now before you reach the point of no return. All right, pussies, this is your final warning. Good morning, germs, worms, and pachyderms. Welcome back to Cinematic Anarchy. I'm Honey, and we are here with Christopher and Tom. Tom? Hi. Oh, I'm back. There he is. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, today we're going to sit down and discuss... We're going to discuss My Bloody Valentine, the 2009... Jansen Ackles led remake of the 1981 classic horror film. Oh, are, are we sure I it's 2009? Because my thing said 2008. Ah, maybe 2008. No, it's uh, 2009. It was 2009. No, it's 2009. It's uh, which one are you looking at? I'm looking at IMDb right now for the actual date given at the top of the screen. 2009. No, that that might be why it's 2008 on fucking Prime. Ah. Well, Prime sucks for uh, accuracy in dating their movies sometimes. However, Prime is fantastic for giving me free shit that I didn't ask for. So, true. My Bloody Valentine, we all watched this without any access to the original 3D technology that they used to, uh, which, you know, all it really was is just put on a pair of those blue and red glasses and watch the fucking film. Uh, I had trouble trying to get past the really bad 3D special effects. The attempted 3D. Like, throughout (laughs) the entire movie. And it was forced perspective 3D movements, which just kind of bothered me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, The ice... The the pickaxe and the fucking... What was it? Oh, God. There was a pickaxe. There was the uh, accident with the tree that was really bad. The gun... All sorts of different movements. Most of it was the pickaxe swinging at you or through you in different scenes. But that being said, even with the 3D effects being particularly bad, if you take those out and just consider the movie as a whole, it felt like a movie that was maybe 10 years older. Like, this felt like it would fit really well into the 90s kind of horror genre, late 90s. And for sure. Pu- pushing almost 2010, I-, I I just wasn't feeling it at all. I-, I personally enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid film. I mean, yeah, okay, some of the graphics were a bit eh, because it was like, as you said, it was forced 3D. But it still was quite an interesting film. Like, the way the, the serial killer, who at the time we didn't know who it actually was, and I like the way they led us through thinking it was going to be somebody else, and really it was the person that was the biggest suspect of all i really yeah i i was i was like pretty sure it was fucking tom the entire movie and then there was a couple of scenes what that like didn't make sense for it to be tom where he was like locked in the fucking cage yeah like i mean all i was gonna say was like i genuinely had no suspicion of it being jensen ackles's character whatsoever if anything, I truly thought it was the cop with the way he was trying to pin it on him so much. Like, it was overly pinned yeah. on his character because there was hatred there, obviously, because, you know, he used to date the cop's wife and 
it was it seemed almost like forced like he was trying to blame this person so i was like it can't be him then because of the fact that it's it's they're starting to force it a bit too much and then at the end when we figured out that it was actually tom it made me kind of shocked how it gave me violent supernatural which denton eccles is also known for because it looked like he was possessed by harry okay okay i think it really was more of a you know how some people after like a severe trauma like almost a ptsd thing there are some people that literally their personalities split to kind of compensate for the trauma that they had just dealt with. And so then yep. you're dealing with a split personality where you have one guy that doesn't realize that the other personality is going around and, in this particular case, uh, pickaxe murdering half, the half of the entire town. Mm. Basically everybody that was responsible for, for taking out Harry to begin with. And... They never do explain whether or not Harry Why? actually died in that original collapse. Oh, they did. No, no they did. he didn't. They, he, they... he didn't die in the original collapse. They, the um, the sheriff and a couple other people fucking killed him and buried him. They chased, they chased him That's down, right. shot him, and buried him. And then Jensen Ackles went and dug up his fucking shit. The reason yes. why I got supernatural possession vibes, though, Chris, was because of the fact that whenever the lights flashed, or when he was breaking the you could see when it flashed, it showed Harry versus, and then went back to Jensen, and it kept doing that. That's why it almost gave me the vibes that he was possessed by Harry. Yes, obviously, the concept really is that he was just a split personality at that point. And but it, it did give, like, possessed vibes, and I thought it was really fucking cool. And he had spent get... the better part of, what, seven years in an insane asylum before coming back to, to town? What exactly happened? Did he escape from the asylum, or did they let him go? Because clearly he wasn't mentally safe to be released. Unless, unless this psycho personality only really kicked in when he got back into town. He seemed... Mentally unstable, first of all. Second of all, the only... One of the things that bothered me about the movie is when we get near the end and we learn that this cabin was the sheriff's father's old cabin. And so what you're dealing with was Jansen is apparently using this cabin for all of... Uh, I mean, putting out the... The, the, uh, oh, the Valentine's the Valentine hearts, hearts with the hearts, with the hearts, in, hearts them. in them. Yeah. Without the sheriff's knowledge... Even though the sheriff earlier on had used that particular cabin to sleep with the shop girl that his uh, girlfriend works with. Yeah, but Jensen wasn't back yet. He wasn't back in town yet. Okay. Okay, I mean, I understand that. I understand that, that Jensen <coughs> hadn't been back at that particular point. What I'm Which trying means to... then that there was no stuff there, so when the sheriff shept, slept with the other shopkeep girl, there was no evidence there to incriminate Jensen. The, there we go. Saying, what I was trying to say was that he apparently uses this cabin frequently enough that he's using it as a place for a liaison for his cheating ways. But so maybe, how did he at not know? Point, maybe at that point he knew that Jensen was staying there, so he never actually went back there, sort of thing. And he, he never he went back after he found out that this girl was pregnant. Because well, you're not really going to be that good of a person if you like how are you going to explain that one to your treat to your wife that you treated on her and you got her co-worker knocked up exactly he's kind of a dick not even oh, kind he's, of a dick he's, he's 100% a dick, dick. 
See, what I don't get is why Harry went on this whole killing spree in the first place. Like, they never explain it. They say that he killed all the other miners to, like, conserve his oxygen in the mine, but then he wakes up from a coma and goes and kills another 23, 22 people. Maybe the lack of oxygen made his, like, obviously, got his brain, and then when he went into his coma, it made him kind of go schizo. That's so not... when he came out of the coma, he just went fuck it and went on a killing spree because he was schizo. That it's... is not a terrible assumption. It's also entirely possible that seeing yeah. that he slipped into a coma, they brought him back to the hospital. When he woke, he may not have been able to mentally separate the fact that he was just trapped in the mine from where he currently was. Yeah. So, you know, tunnel vision, he may have just gone back on that killing spree thinking that he was trying to save himself and his oxygen. You know, plus having to murder that many people to save yourself and save your oxygen has to do a number to your psyche to begin with. Plus, obviously, yeah, I was about to say, like, he, he killed all the other miners to save his oxygen. That's going to fuck with your head a tiny bit. Like, I mean... Look at look at people. Um, go unless to you're already fucking and crazy and got like yeah, homicidal tendencies. I mean, like, how how frequent has it been where people will go to war completely fine and then come back with severe PTSD and end up True. doing some fucking crazy shit? True. From the shit they seen. No, There's no. a whole scene on fucking like Grey's Anatomy where Owen is like staring at the ceiling fan and he thinks he's back in Iraq and wakes up choking out Christina Yang. Exactly. Like maybe, maybe all these moments where Harry was killing people after the coma, in his brain he was seeing himself stuck in the mine, and he was trying to preserve his oxygen. Because noticed how at the beginning he never took off that fucking oxygen mask. Never. Right. And that initial PS, uh, PTSD break of his psyche, he may have been having like full on manifested uh, hallucinations, delusions. He may have like, thought like, he was still in the mine. Trying to save like himself. Like Tom did when he saw Harry walking to him, and he's there trying to tell his ex at the time, like his ex to basically shoot him. He's right behind you, and none of them can see him. And Harry gets like right up into his face until he disappears. I mean, it's entirely possible now. Now that I think about it, just based off of that scene alone, it's entirely possible that Tom indeed was possessed by Harry. Because if you think of that, that. The fact that he faded just as he approached Tom may have been sort of a hint to the fact that this guy was possessing Tom, like ushering him on to continue the killing that he had started. Well, another reason for me believing it was because at that point as well, the sheriff, the new sheriff, he looks at Tom and goes, that's not Tom. It's you, isn't it, Harry? And he looks up and goes, oh, I'm here. That's why I presumed he was possessed as well. See, look at that. Connect the little dots and everything. I, I didn't even... I didn't connect those dots at all, which uh, is bad on me. I was so focused Honestly, on the it's, horrible... it's very confusing on, like, where the whole... Is this actually a split personality or is this a, like, there's haunting... A, there's, a, a, there's a lot left there, to th th There's a whole lot of fucking, like, unspoken cliffhangers and shit, and then they never... Yeah, they never a, concluded it. There's a lot they left there for assumption with no actual clarification. Very true, very true. They you, basically, there was no like, second like movie. They put the building blocks for the base of the story and then said to everyone watching, like, put it together yourself. Yeah, right? Fuck you guys. Thank God there was no second movie. Thank God there was no sequel to it that It was mess. bad. 
I, I enjoyed the fact that they... See, this is the thing. A lot of movies like this, I enjoy when they set it up for a sequel. And it does irritate me when there isn't one. But it irritates me ten times more when there is a sequel and it's just absolute horseshit. Like, it's a million times worse than the original. Well, I mean, that just falls right in the line with sequels to begin with. There are very few sequels that live up to or even shine a close light to the original film. Very few. Like, like the Blade series. That that sequel did well, but the, the, the third film was... Oh, God. Even meh at best. It was meh at best. No, 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 no. Even the likes of Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel were not saving that particular movie. That movie was yeah, horrible. Horrible, horrible. Like I said, it was meh at best. That was the first one I saw, too. Meh is a polite word for that. It's a very my, polite my word. My favorite character probably in that entire film, other than Blade, obviously, because it's fucking Blade, probably had to be the guy who they got to play Dracula. Just because he looked cool when he did yeah. his, like, change. He wasn't a good character. The character was shit. I am tired of vampire movies that keep falling back on Dracula. I get that he was, like, kind of the OG of the vampire world. Like, we, we were talking, you know, the Bram Stoker's Dracula thing. I get it. I understand. This is why I liked Dracula Untold, because they made it out like, nah, Dracula wasn't the first. This guy was before him, but there's more before them. You know, I like that. I think that a lot of television shows, movies, they fall back on the idea of Dracula, or they use Dracula in some way, and it always comes off as feeling a... You can't be original with Dracula anymore. Everything, well, when you involve Dracula, feels very unoriginal. Uh, the most original I've seen Dracula is Van Helsing. That is the most original I have seen Dracula be. Okay, I can, I'll give you that. Uh, with uh, Hugh uh, Jackman, right? Yes. Where, would you name me a single Dracula out of the history of Draculas, other than Van Helsing's one, where they turn into a giant fucking bat creature. I personally can't think of one off the top of my head, if I'm it honest. Like um, it out of my mother's vagina, which was ten times more terrifying, trust me. Love, Death, and Robots did a really good uh, Dracula episode. Okay, now I, I have like to go their watch Skinwalkers that. episode. Oh, yeah. The one with the werewolves and the military, that was fucking brilliant. It was fucking awesome. That shit fucking, it never disappoints. No, that, they needed to make like a full-on series about the Skinwalkers thing. That would have just been perfection. I like how we've already bounced off topic, but back on topic to the film. All right, I'm going to... Because gonna... I want to try and drag us back onto it. I, so my question for you guys is this. How would you rate the movie out of ten? Considering five. all of the horror films that I've seen, yeah, I was going to go about maybe a 5.5 to a 6. It's not one of the better ones. It's definitely not one of the worst ones that I've seen. I'd say I'm between like a between a six and a seven solely because it's one I would happily watch again. I w but when I say I would happily watch again, I mean if it was on the TV at the time, I wouldn't turn it off. But right. I wouldn't go out of my way to look for it willingly a second time. My biggest problem with the film is I think that there should have been two versions released. I think there should have been a 3D mm. version, but there also should have been a version for people that don't want to fucking strap the glasses to their face that want to actually watch a horror movie 
without having to worry about, oh god, I don't have the 3D glasses, now I'm just going to watch this smulchy shit come at my face every five minutes. I did like the brutality of it, though. Yeah. I like that it it wasn't slow to start. Okay. Yeah, there was no subtlety in the brutality, like how in a lot of horror films do it. Like the scene where the, the old sheriff, like the sheriff's dad, he like goes out of his house says fucking harry making me shoot at fucking shadows and then comes back in and then next thing you know boom he's got the pickaxe right in his back and then he gets it stomped on his face it was perfect so okay okay so what was what was everyone's favorite death that's what i was gonna go give us a golden pickaxe everyone's favorite death in the film the sheriff's dad okay which the straight up like pushing his head to the fucking point of the pickaxe and then going fucking stomps on his back I actually love the brutality of Burke's death. At the it was nearing the end of the movie, and they went back to uh, they went back to the house. The kid's hiding somewhere. He has his deputy or whatever go in to look around to find the uh, I guess the maid. The maid was, was in the, the tumble dryer, and then you go outside. He's tricked by uh, Harry's hat sitting just behind the wall on the porch. And when he turns around, two seconds later, he ends up with a pickaxe right through the jaw. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the motel owner. Okay. Oh, I was going to say that's my second favorite because she just got fucked up. But he just, this short little lady just fucking scoops her up by the fucking bottom of her chin, shoves her into the ceiling. Yeah, yep. That was a, that was a pretty brutal one. I liked the brutality of the deaths. Uh, the gore was was right up there. It's just with it not having a non three D version, I couldn't go much higher than like a five point five to a six. You know, yeah, it would have been a pretty I mean, good passable fair, seven. Even and if half. it was three D, to be fair, the three D fucking glasses hurt my eyes, so I wouldn't have been able to watch it in three D anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm saying they should have had, like, two versions of the film. One 3D version for people that actually like strapping those things to their faces. And another version so that you don't have to deal with all of the the kind of forced perspective moments that you get with those 3D films. Uh, Yeah, but then they'd have to, like, double their fucking... Well, there's only, what, small moments that you would have to refilm? What you do is you have two different cameras set up... They, they would have to double their fucking editing expense. Yeah, but not, not not necessarily, because since 2009, the technology for all that sort of stuff has significantly increased, which is going to be significantly easier for them. The joys of the increase of technology. Yeah, true. I don't know. Genuinely, though. Technology has come a long I, way, I, but I, I, I don't know if we were quite there yet. 2009, I was a freshman in high school. God 2009, I was... Trying to think where I was in 2009. I mean, um, the 3D experience I was, I was has gotten a lot Chris better. Going into yeah. In all honesty, Chris though, was, I would have loved Chris to. was in his late 300s when this movie came out. So. <laughs> right, I was just half a mummy back then. <laughs> yeah. Just half a mummy. He was a young mummy. <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't quite as dusty as I am now. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. I, I'm 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 set. I need to I need to uh, go ahead and invest in some better wrappings because these are a uh, little tattered. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, moisturize, my friend. Moisturize. I think I would have 
thoroughly enjoyed having watched this film in its original version, like the the 3D version, if I had gotten to see it on the big screen in the theaters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that, honestly, with the 3D effects, it kind of loses a little bit being on the small screen. Like, those kind of horror films are really better watched in the original run in the theaters. And once you get it out yep. here on the small screen... I've even got like a 60-inch television and it didn't do it any justice. It really didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if they re-released it in a 2D version, I feel like like they increased the quality of everything. I feel like it'd be, it'd be a lot better. I'd get a higher rating. So, if you go through the entire cast, who do you think provided the best performance and who do you think should have been replaced or just did a outright shitty job? So, Jensen mm. Ackles, I thought, was an amazing... He, he brought a lot to the film. The uh, the girlfriend or the wife of the sheriff. Okay, Jamie uh, Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, I I thought she was a little bit lackluster. I thought I thought she could have. I don't know who she could have been replaced by, but I feel like she could have been replaced. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. There's a lot of people that could have replaced um, her in, in in that particular time, but yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. She definitely did not provide a particularly powerful performance. See, I tripped on my tongue. Particularly powerful performance. And, in all honesty, even when she was running from the uh, the pickaxe murderer that they thought was Harry, she just... I, I didn't feel it. Like, okay, just kill her. Uh, be done with it, please. No, right? he killed the pregnant lady? Oh, that's nice. That's nice. It was just, her performance was just kind of meh. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree that Jensen did the best. Uh, I really liked uh, Deputy Martin, too. Yeah. Okay. But, um... Yeah, no, I could have bit gone without, like, Sarah or Irene. I personally, personally did not like... Like, if we took Irene out completely, I would have been okay with that. I didn't like Kerr Smith very much in this. I think all around, we're all loving Jensen Ackles, but I did not like Kerr Smith. Axel, at all. I really, I was not feeling his performance at all. Well, I mean, his character sucks. I, well, it's not that his character sucks, I mean... His character sucks. He's cheating on his pregnant, or he's cheating on his wife with a pregnant bitch. He did a decent job being a dick. That's why, not why, I didn't feel the performance. I didn't feel like there was any chemistry between him and anybody on set. Like none of the performances, he didn't play off of anybody well at all. You know, at least with Jamie King, when she had scenes with Jensen Ackles, they did well together. But I, I think that's just because of Jensen's uh, charisma. Yeah, I Whereas, feel like Jensen had a bit of an up hand in this sort of a movie solely because of his experience. Because if you go from 2009, he's at that point then, he would have already had four years of experience in Supernatural and how brutal that show is in general. So putting him his mindset in into the character that he was playing was probably very easy for him and right. then giving the chemistry he did. I mean, I'll give you that. But even even Jensen and his charisma was not really able to elevate uh, Kerr's performance at all. Just they yeah, didn't even play off each tried. other very well. He, he definitely tried, but yeah, no, the and other guy, he just no. <laughs> Jensen did have a other another film that he had done, which I've actually heard some decent reviews for. But I've never actually sat down and got him to watch. Uh, two years previously. Is that previously, the one where he met his wife? Four years previously. My apologies. Uh, Devour? Uh, no, I don't think it was Devour. Didn't see it. 
No, no. That, well, he that did was a movie where he met his wife. Like, they both did this movie, and that's where he met his wife on set. Uh, no, well, he, uh, that particular movie, he was playing across from uh, Dominique Swain. And I think his father was in the movie as well. Alan Ackles was also Ooh. in the film. But no, that definitely was not the film that he uh, met his wife on at all. I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot of the name of the film that he met his wife on. It was like a romantic comedy sort of movie. Outside of uh, his stint on Smallville and Supernatural, in actuality, Jensen Ackles made or has made most of his money as a voiceover artist, either in animation or video games. So he's been part of any number of different yeah. video games. They had a few uh, Tron video games that he did voiceover work for. He's been a uh, voiceover artist in several different Batman movies as Batman or Bruce Wayne. He's, he's got a phenomenal voice. Oh, of so. course he does. I've always kind of liked him oh, as an actor, and I'm, I'm hoping that they find a way to kind of boost him up a little bit now that Supernatural's done, because he deserves some decent roles. Outside of that, I mean, I haven't seen much from yeah, him. He's, he's on The be... Boys now. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, he's going to be on The Boys. He was supposed to have a really decent role in an upcoming film that has been permanently sidelined called Rust. Yeah. Oh, ha! That movie no got shit. permanently sidelined, and that was supposed to be sort of like a big breakout performance for him. He got a really decent role in that. Yeah, that's. I don't and know if that's ever going to that, see the light of day. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably not. I think the Fucking, only um, way to have that film see the light of day is if Baldwin decides to dedicate all the proceeds from the film to the family that lost their child. I mean, yeah, but Baldwin already said that he's never doing another film that involves him holding a gun. Well, I mean, it's not just him holding a gun that was the problem, though, was it? No, the gun went off when he pulled it out. It's not just that, though. The conditions on set, the people that were supposed to be in place, all of the safety measures were absolutely ignored. So he exactly. can say that I'm never doing a fucking movie again that involves me holding a gun, but you know what? It wasn't just about you holding the gun. It was about the fact that you and your crew, and you were like a producer for the movie, so you're like, a large portion of that is his responsibility. So, him saying, I'm never going to do another movie holding a gun again, well, you should never do another movie where you're the producer ignoring the safety rules again either. Truth. So, is there anything else you guys uh, feel needs to be discussed about this film before we move on to the second half of our podcast and the pitch storm for the day? Uh, no, no, I think I we're good. Nothing further to say. All right, well, then we'll let our sponsors speak for themselves, and we'll be back to speak for ourselves in just a moment. All right, thank you for sticking around, and we're going to go ahead and slip right back into our uh, pitch stream, pitch storm, pitch stream, No. Pitch yeah, well, I know, I know. I just uh, said the wrong word. I mean, if you're streaming this, you're streaming the pitch that we're about to give you. So, I mean, it's not anyway. necessarily inappropriate. <laughs> and uh, our subject for the day, I got, I went ahead and uh, gave the guys a little head up, or the guy and the girl, a little bit of a heads up, so we could be a little bit more prepared for this one, kind of like what we did with the uh, Betty White podcast. Two sisters obsessed with death accidentally join a cult on their first day in college. And the notation here is that we only have a special effects budget of $100. How do we make that work? And to that I say, 
blood, blood, and more blood. Buckets of fake blood. Buckets of fake blood. And it's probably going to be like it's going to be the cheap cheesy. We're we're, we're going for a, we're going through a really bad B movie is what we're doing here. We're going to okay. do a B movie with A list stars. Okay. So. So what do you guys got? So, I'll let Viking hop on first because it's been a little, and I want to see what he has to say. Okay. Um, my my personal choice for this uh, for this movie is Adam Sandler playing the uh, cult leader. But also playing the principal of this uh, college. The dean, okay. Yes, or the dean, sorry, we would be a principal over here, but yeah, okay, the dean. So immediately we're going for a horror comedy vibe here. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. This is what's going to inch it in that ten times more. I want to see this person play both roles, and that's Tom Holland play the uh, sisters. Tom (laughs) Holland play the sisters? Yes, Tom Holland play the sisters. Tom Holland Did you not see him on lipsticks, uh, lip sync battles? That motherfucker can pull off the wig and the makeup, trust he me. True, uh, the the Rihanna cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. My, uh, I kind of like, I like your idea for the Dean and the leader of the cult. I like that idea. We'll keep Adam Sandler. What, who did that's you have what, for that's the sisters? That's why I etched in, obviously, because I thought, you know, if you're going to get tricked into joining a cult or joining one on accident then the Dean's going to have something to do with the cult, and I thought having Adam Sandler play, you know, the Dean would make it just that extra little bit more like, oh, okay. I had, like, a different idea for, like, the cult. I was thinking more of uh, one of the sororities being a cult in general. That can still be the case, but the leader of the cult could still be the Dean. Like, it could be his, like... You know when you got that... like Like, in Revenge of the Nerds, how... Uh, one of the, well, I think it was the dean of something was properly in charge of the lamb, the lamb Zeta. Well, I've forgotten the fucking you, you guys' names for them because you right. use the Greek alphabet and shit. But like, you know, what I mean, he was in charge of one of the. Uh, he used to be a previous member of one of the sororities, uh, fraternities, probably. Yeah, fraternity. Sorry, sorry. He could have been. <laughs> a, I mean, a former member of a sorority too. You know, nothing against the transgender there. As he could have been. Who knows? He. Uh, that being said, uh, I feel like Adam Sandler would be uh, working with the house mother. So there's there's a house mother that deals with the sorority uh, who we have to come up with. But the, personally, my choices, I'll just tell you who my choices were, and you guys can look them up if you want to, uh, were Catherine Newton and... I was thinking that too! Catherine Newton? Okay. Yeah. And uh, Peyton List. Okay. Uh, I was thinking Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh, that. But then, but then, but then, my brain immediately went to Tati Gabrielle and Zendaya. Who? I could see okay. that. Okay. Right. Okay. So uh, let me let me take your suggestion just uh, briefly. I'm going to do a ladybugs thing with this. Um, okay. Uh, I, I like the, the the Zendaya and who who is the other person there? I I actually don't know who that is. Uh, off the top uh, of my Tati head. Tati Gabrielle. She played um prudence knight in the chilling adventures of sabrina oh okay there you go that's all you had to do is i know you have to put a role to the name sometimes for me because you know so many names to remember and not all of them stick uh okay no i like that i like that pairing let's keep tom holland let's make him one of the sorority sisters i want tom holland in it in some way because i feel like him working alongside adam sandler would just be amazing Let's make him one of the sorority sisters. Put him in drag next, uh, and basically the one that's uh, 
directly reports to the house mother. The the, the suck up, the the, 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 the the petty bitch, the one who does everything, that can do no wrong sort of person. Exactly. And we can choose whether or not later on in the movie we want to we wanna drag him out of drag or if we want to just kind of make it so that he really has to work hard to pass him. I don't, actually, I don't think he would have to work very hard to pass himself off oh, as a no, woman I, outside I, of maybe voice Tom training. I want Tom Hartland's character to not be quote-unquote drag. I want Tom Hartland's character to genuinely be a woman in this film. Okay. <clears throat> All right, no, like, no. He's not pretending to be a woman, and he's claiming to be trans. No, in this movie, he is a woman. I am all for it. I am all for it. And if he's not able to pull off, like, everything, like, I mean, you know, you have to go through a certain amount of voice training and actual physical training for that. You could even just sort of pass him off as a transgender woman. Either way, he could do it. But I really, for some reason, I want him to hook up with Taylor Lautner. You want what? Oh, he wants him to hook up with Taylor Lautner. I know what he said. I know what he said. I'm just trying to process. I... I just feel like it'd be amazing. Like Taylor Taylor Lautner, sorry, is a, one of like the teachers, okay. and he just he's like proper like you know brings the teacher an apple and stuff like gets proper flirtatious with this teacher. I want Taylor Lautner to put on a little weight. I don't want but him. He already did, so yeah, oh, yeah, that'd be fine. He has a little bit. Yeah, I, I guess he has a little bit. Just put on put on a little weight. He uh, he has to have. I want him to have like the dad bod thing going on. I don't want him to. I don't want him to be you know the. Whatever the thing that he did in Twilight was. I don't want him to be that. The, the overly jacked dude, yeah. yeah. He doesn't need okay, to be Okay, hear me out for the house mother. Okay. Jess- Jessica Lange. Lange? Lange? Lang? Lang. 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 From what? Salmon. Solomon. The, <laughs> um, from fucking American Horror Story. She's yes. like the... Jessica Lang. Yes. Okay, yes, yeah, I, I feel like... I like that. I like that a lot. I can see it. Like, A-list actress. Make, uh, just... I, I, I need to see what she looks like for a second. Sorry. Okay. You guys continue conversing. Don't worry about me. I feel like what we have here as a cult, we have the cult itself, they've figured out a way. So between Jessica Lang and Adam Sandler, they have figured out a way to use the blood of virgins to keep them young. And so okay. every year... What they do is they have this, uh, they have a, a party, a get together, and there is a fraternity on campus that is notorious for only, I guess, letting people in that have, have committed to purity, so to speak. So it's sort of like a religious Virgin. fraternity. They claim to be like a Christian fraternity where you've got to wear some, uh, like sobriety rings and stuff like that, but really yes. behind the scenes, it's the cult. And every year, they invite several different fraternities to kind of partake at a party, but they know that they're focusing on these people because they're going to be able to find their virgins within this mix. And they always try to find the ones that they feel nobody is going to miss. I want McLovin to be in the frat. Oh, okay. You want McLovin to be in the frat? I want McLovin to be in the frat and super fucking, like, gung-ho about the whole Christian thing. Does Frankie Munez look young enough to, to pull off being no, in a fraternity at this point? Absolutely not. No? No. No. Okay. I mean, even if we're talking like, like a... a teenager. Well, yeah, I, but I, I mean... I, you have people that could be in fraternities that are literally going on to try to get their doctorates that are still in college. Yeah, no. No. I I wouldn't say Frank Muniz. He Dude looks like a fucking 40-year-old teenager. Okay, do, uh, hit me out. 
Do fraternities hey, have, like, house fathers? He's on some, like, fucking Rob Deerdick shit. <laughs> okay. I, I was about to say this, a house father, in that, in that regards. I really want to see this. I want to see a certain person reprise his role from another movie, but in this, okay? And that is John Travolta. <laughs> as Danny Zuko from yes. fucking Greek. I want to see him play one of the fr- uh, the, the the frat dads, and he is Danny Zuko from Greece. Okay, okay, I, I could kind of see that. <laughs> you ba- basically he they don't say him by name because you have to get all. This is going to be like a really low budget movie, so they don't say it by name. Zuko. So they just call him Danny. Hey, Danny. Yeah, it's just. Just no, never... I feel like no, I feel like they can call him like the teachers and that would call him Danny, but all the students would like who who Mr. Like Z. Him to his class with Mr. Zuka. Mr. Z, just go with Mr. Z. You don't want to use yeah, the Mr. whole Z. name because you got to pay for that. Yeah, but just <laughs> mentioning Danny Z and it's like, oh shit! Ah! We can, can... We have the cameo of Grease Lightning just being in there, like he's he's in the car, like he drives away in the car by the end of the movie. <laughs> We oh can God, insinuate, yes. but we can't no, outright say. Film, like, throughout the entire film, like you see the the grease lightning car in the parking lot and shit, and like at the yeah, end of the movie, like in the driving away in it. The subtle, subtle details yeah. just there that you keep seeing. I want Freddie Highmore to be one of the virgins. Oh my God, yes. I want Freddie Highmore to be one of the virgins that get sacrificed. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. I think you would make... And I also... Uh, oh God, what's his name? There's this guy that I think everybody knows. So Pete Davidson should definitely be yes, one of the oh hard God. partying guys. Just get a get Pete Davidson and Will Poulter to be like best friends. <laughs> yes. Uh, Wait, who's that person that we hate? Who's the person? Michael Sarah. You want to put yeah. Michael Sarah in this? Can we have him in it being like one of the first virgins that gets sacrificed? Yes. But no, he admits that he's not a virgin, and they find out that he's not a virgin. They're like, "Well, we're going to kill you anyway." Yeah, exactly, but they do it in the most brutal way possible. <laughs> but seeing as you're not a virgin, we can just really fuck you up and it doesn't matter. We don't have to follow the process. They, 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 they attach his arms to, like, four different cranks, and, like, the, like his arms and legs are on each, each different crank, and, like, all the new people who join the uh, the cult have to crank it. And, I like, could go throughout for a stretch movie, like that. He doesn't die immediately, just throughout the movie, it's like a crank a day. They just crank. <laughs> just one crank a day. You will die just at some point. Very painfully and very slowly. <laughs> How do you feel about Ansel Elgort being the one guy that kind of figures out what the cult's doing? Hang on, I gotta find out. Baby I Driver. I gotta look this up. The guy from Baby, Baby Driver. Driver. Yes! Ansel Elgort. Okay. And having him as part of it can legitimately provide a soundtrack for the movie because he's also a musical artist. So... He he could try and contact Taylor, like get to Taylor Lautner's uh, teacher as as uh, Taylor Lautner's character, and try and tell him what's going on, and doesn't realize that Taylor Lautner's character's part of the cult. Ta- Taylor Lautner has Ansel Elgort as his TA, his teaching assistant. Yes, but this I mean, he tries to confide in him about all this stuff about the cult, about it, like he knows what's going on, but he doesn't realize that t- Taylor Lautner is actually a part of the cult. So he's basically telling the cult that he knows without which, realizing he's telling the cult that he knows. Which leads to a nice battle between Ansel Elgort and Taylor Lautner. Yes. yes. Right? I love it. Obviously Taylor Lautner losing and dying, but well, that's not the point. 
that would be really sad if the first... I mean, you could go the other way. Make the one guy that actually knows what's going on with the cult come up and he goes to Taylor Lautner. He's like, oh my god, these people, they're killing virgins, they're sacrificing them for eternal youth, blah, 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 blah. And then there's this battle that ensues between Taylor Lautner and him, and then you kill off the one guy that, uh, you know, actually figured out what the hell's going on. Wait, maybe (laughs) Adam Sandler has this suspicion that Taylor Lautner's trying to, like expose the cult and stuff but really taylor lawton is very loyal to it and it turns out it's his ta who's who's the one and like adam sandler sets out a hit on him and then you just see taylor lawton like limping into adam sandler's office and just chucks him a bag and it's the severed head of his ta right being like that was the leak that was the leak i feel like so okay fucking tom you might know who this person is it's this chick from fucking tiktok and she calls out like dudes and she's got this fucking iconic laugh drew a fulo alfalo okay i don't know how and she's fucking hilarious i want her to be i want her to like be a part of the movie and i want her to like i don't know she gets caught or some shit and the entire time the fuck she's like caught by the frat boys and i i I want her to be the entire time just fucking maniacally giggling and fucking just like talking shit to all of them like she's like the way she tears dudes apart like i want to say iconic she literally knows everybody's shit and when they catch her she spends the entire time going one by one and just emotionally destroying each one of them and just okay. fucking laughing maniacally the entire time. Like, <laughs> I know that you fucking sleep with a nightlight and a fucking teddy bear, bitch. I feel like the entire film... I feel like the entire film should be initially revolving around Ansel Elgort trying to thwart the cult before he gets killed by Taylor Lautner. And it turns out that the two background guys, Pete Davidson and Will Poulter, just fumble into the wind. Just fumble <laughs> into it. They don't... They don't know that they actually stopped the cult. Just something... We gotta come up with a way for them to just, like, completely thwart the cult without realizing that they've fucking done it. They they basically throw a... They throw a party right above the cult shit and they're doing drugs and stuff and, like, the police come and bust in and check the whole place and then they find the whole cult shit on the ground and, like... (laughs) I got it. I've got it. There's already a party. That's how they get their, their virgins. Basically, they have the party at the sorority. Once they have their virgins, they go to the basement to practice their rites like they normally do. Pete Davidson and Will Poulter, in the meantime, are upstairs in some random fucking closet sparking up. One of them no, accidentally I, I want, sets... No, I, want, plus I want as a cameo them in this closet hitting a bong. And for some reason, they have a hallucination of Jay and Silent Bob. They're <laughs> Somehow, one of them sets, like, a dress or something on fire or, or curtains, and they panic and leave the room trying to find water. In the meantime, the whole place goes up. There's perfume, there's alcohol, there's all sorts of stuff that just sparks the fire, and the cultists are in the basement yeah. of the house. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have Adam Sandler, Jessica Lang. they've all gone down there with the three virgins that they needed to perform their rites. Meanwhile, the house above them is burning burning and by the time they realize that they're trapped in the basement and they die in the stupidest way possible which is basically smoke inhalation from the fire the fire itself yada 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 i love it and you just one point in the movie i want like when taylor lautner brings the head of his ta in i want i want like adam sandler to pick the head up 
he he like opens up this like bookshelf door and inside is just like a hallway of jars filled with seven heads of like traitors of the cult and stuff like that <laughs> and then just as he's walking past getting ready to put this head in a jar you just see a brief cameo of like justin bieber's severed head <laughs> nice well we can't send them back to, to to canada you know send them to the cultists either way exactly <laughs> But can we make, when the cultist thing burns down, can we just make it like Tom Holland's characters crawling out of the fire and just looks all mangled and like, like ready to fucking start a sequel? I want, I, I want Drew to live and I want her to like be laughing while explaining all this shit to the cops. Well, Drew was captured by the, the, the fraternity, so she's nowhere near the cult at this point. She's been mm. captured. Okay. <laughs> I don't so, know. By default, she fucking. is the one that escapes. True. I love how we didn't even, like, fucking bother with the sisters. Right. The entire time, the sisters are just, like, this backstory. Like, the the sisters' accent. I, I feel like that's what it would be, they're though. Not the main, they're not the main... Pro- they, they die in this film, let's be brutally honest. They, they die. But I want, like, one to die in a very, very, like, unsuspenseful way. Like, it just kind of happens and she dies. Yeah. Like, oh no, she trips and falls out of a window. Some stupid shit like that. <laughs> like, I feel... And then one of the sisters, like, trying to, like, be so sneaky and then gets fucked up by the cult. I'm thinking, like, the entire time you're Zendaya having... Zendaya falls out the window and Tati fucking, like, vows to kill everyone. You're constantly getting false ideas of what the storyline is supposed to be about. So the story starts out about these two sisters leaving home and going to college and accidentally signing up to be with the cult. Somehow they get killed by the cultists themselves. Like, they figure it out, they decide they don't want to be part of it. No, I I want one to die genuinely by the cultists, and then the other one to die, like, by accident on some random shit. Or you could just have it that one sister decided that they definitely wanted to be part of the cult, and because she desperately wants to be part of the cult... Her initiation was killing her sister. Okay. We I have that. It. Yeah. Uh, I see Zendaya biting it there. I'll be honest. Honestly, yeah. I see Me Zen- too. I see Zendaya dis- disappearing off the show real quick. Uh, <laughs> She's like, now fuck this. <laughs> fuck this shit, I'm out. And then after you have her assimilated into the cult, we move on to the next false storyline, which is Ansel Elgort outing the cult at, at, to Taylor Lautner. We find and out that's not the storyline. I think there's little cameos. I think I like the whole Jay and Silent Bob thing. I think Kevin Smith should play one of the like a like a, a teacher within the one of the teachers. Yeah. I also think we should have Seth Rogen in there somewhere. Silent Bob though, like he does his entire lectures without right. speaking. Seth Rogen is the maintenance guy. He does his entire lectures without speaking. I think Jay and Silent Bob should both be basically Bob. Is, <laughs> yes. He's deaf and he has to sign. And Jay is the one that speaks for him in the class. I want want him to do that whole, like... Like a normal person. Jay translates, like, slang shit. I I want him to translate the same way that Key and Peele do the whole presidential skits. Right, yes, 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 yes. I love that. You have basically Yeah, like, he's trying to give, like, a very serious lecture on sexual education. And then then Jay's standing there like, so this motherfucker fucking straight up just... Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, just he goes on stupid in. fucking like bullshit rants. 
And yeah, Kevin Smith occasionally just has to put a hand on his shoulder to calm him down. Just yeah, or or at one point he says something that's way out of line, and Jay and like Bob just kind of like tilts his head at him like the fuck. Ah, <laughs> like I feel he's like he's confused by what he's just said. Like, huh? <laughs> and I think Seth Rogen should definitely be in the show in the movie somewhere. Like, just sort of like a side character, maybe a... I wanted to be, like, the janitor, the maintenance guy. The maintenance guy. The, the, 100% the janitor. 100%. And the right? entire end of the movie, like, the, the, the end scene of the movie is Will Poulter and Pete Davidson just kind of passing a joint back and forth to each other while the cops and the, the fire department try to put the fire out, try to figure out what's going on. And then we pull back <laughs> and they're passing the joint on to Seth Rogen... And and Kevin Smith that are they're just having this weird conversation, just like what the fuck happened? I don't know. Uh, man. Seth, Rogen, <laughs> Seth Rogen could be the supplier of weed to Pete Davidson's character. That's what ties him into being seen. Right, right. He's the one. He's the he's the dealer, basically the guy that's supplying yeah. him. The For whole some reason, reason the place at one point in the film when it's when the whole sorority building's burnt down, I want I want to see Seth Rogen kind of lose his shit, like he just realized he has to clean this shit up afterwards. <laughs> Who knew fake pleather was so flammable, man? Yeah. <laughs> it's not even pleather. It's fake pleather. Like, you can't afford leather. Normally you buy pleather. This is the stuff you buy when you can't even afford the pleather. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's a good beginning, end, middle, and that's a good fucking movie right there. Yeah. That out of ten would watch. I'd Tracks. watch it. Who do you think should write the film? Zack hmm. Schneider. Zack Schneider. <laughs> Nah, I don't like He's going to put everything in slow-mo. If we're trying to keep to a $100 budget, I don't think Zack Schneider could pull it off. I think oh, Kevin then, Smith oh, himself should write really it. Going to like, I feel like the person who should write the film is right. me and Miss B, and the person who should direct the film is you. Right, right. Hire us. Hire that us. Keep, that, keep, that keeps it in a $100 budget, because we'll work there we for go. fuck all, really. Well, it, they said $100 special effects budget. They didn't say how much they could spend on other things. I was going to say, no, to be, like, let's be honest, man. We could make it work. I mean, like, Miss B would work for a joint and a bag of gummy bears. Right. And I'd work for a Twinkie, so it's cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll go for a joint and a bag of gummy bears if I get to hang out with the people I'm writing this film for. Right. Right? That's all I want. I, I don't... Just to, just to rub shoulders Who a little bit. That's all. Who should produce it? Produce it? Somebody with money. Because I can't. Gents and apples. <laughs> <laughs> Who should produce it's it? It's a horror flick. It's his whole shtick. Trust me, he'd be down. Yeah, you could probably get yeah. Jensen Ackles to do it. Get Jared Padalecki and uh, Jensen Ackles to kind of bring their vibe to the whole thing. Wait, wait. Can Misha Collins make an appearance in it as a priest? Yes. Yeah. He's the he's the guy. He's the priest. The guy that basically heads the entire, you know, purity cult. fraternity. Yeah, no, the good side of things, like the actual purity side. He has nothing to do with the cult. He doesn't even know about the cult. Nothing. <clears throat> nothing at all. But He's he... literally just a regular priest. No, no. I think he's well aware that he is bringing these young men in and that it is his men that are the ones that are getting sacrificed to the damn cult. I think he's well aware. No, I feel like he should be non-aware of it. But then, like, somebody could be, like, the lower priest. Like, you know how you have, like, the main priest and then those, like, backup priests? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those ones should be the ones who actually know what's going on and they're giving false information to Misha Collins and saying, like, oh, no, these people just left the church sort of thing when really mm. they're sacrificing them to the cult. 
Well, I mean, think of, think about the insinuation, though. If this has been going on for years and Misha Collins is working for the fraternity that the kids mainly disappear from, at some point he has to ask himself, why are all these purity pledges just disappearing? I get yeah, it's the awkward gangly the ones that nobody cares Misha about. Misha Collins' character's a fucking idiot, so it's fine. Well, it's, I, I would be happy with uh, Adam Sandler and Vince Vaughn producing this. Adam Sandler and Vince Vaughn. I could go with that. I could... I think that, yeah, right. I think that Seth Rogen should definitely have a Judd Apatow a part. Yeah, I mean, think of how many movies okay. he made that would go right along lines with this. I think executive producer right there. All right, I gotta call it a day, guys. <laughs> okay, so thank you for sitting down with us on yet another episode of Cinematic Anarchy, sitting through the pitch storm and uh, our explanation of a truly, truly horrible movie that. Well, Thomas loves... He likes it, because he likes Jensen. I like it, yeah. It's yes, a good movie. <laughs> it wasn't the worst. It wasn't the worst. I think... Wait, I also want to ask our viewers... Sorry, Chris, for cutting you off there, but I want to ask our viewers to let us know what they thought of the pitch storm. Like, would they go see this movie? Because we always ask ourselves, would we watch it? But we've never asked, would they watch it? Right. Well, we're going to ask that physically from them, because we're going to start recording a few of these live in the near future. Just kind of sit down and do charitable pitch storms, uh, where we yeah. sit down, pitch things back and forth to each other, and then we set up uh, basically a charity button, something, you know, if we do it through Facebook, it's a lot easier to donate to specific charities. And uh, But I, I also thought, if the movie's good enough, like you guys enjoy the pitch storm enough, maybe they sh we should start GoFundMe to actually make the film. That is true. That would be fun. I There's no chance we'd get the cast that we would pitch in these pitch storms, but if they like the idea of the movie enough, then maybe we could do something with it. Hey, maybe. You know, we just cast. Chris has these been things. wanting to do that forever. We just cast these things best case scenario. Like, hey, these right. are people we'd love to have in it. However, if we got to film it, you know full well it's Joe Schmo down the block that we're going to be. Hey, you want to do this? Yeah. Okay. The exactly. thing that would piss me off the most <laughs> is if one of our listeners pitched this fucking idea to like a big hollywood fucking company and they made the film and they got all the credit i would be fucking pissed hey I'm you like, know what the fuck up. we did it first it's right here it's right here okay That's what I'm saying. do you know how annoyed i would be if i like saw a movie come out and i would i would watch it but hold the fuck up wait that's the cast we picked that's the storyline we spot who the fuck <laughs> hollywood's listening Shh. all right miss b you know what to say. Alrighty, guys! Drink some fucking water, you thirsty bitches.